Welcome to Eddie's Launchpad, the podcast for parents, teachers and children by Dogsthorpe Infant School. Captain Dave and Eddie are strapped into their seats and their guests are ready to fly. So, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one... to Launchpad. Our next guest on Launchpad is Adam Pettit. Now he's got great connections with Dogsthorpe Infant School in all sorts of ways. Adam, you went to Dogsthorpe Infants, didn't you? I did. Uh, a lot longer ago than I would like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the years? Oh, very early 2000s. What are your memories of the school uh, when you was there as a pupil? Things that have influenced me going forward that I perhaps didn't realise they would at the time. So a huge one that has always stuck with me is the nativity. Every Christmas, you know, starting at the very bottom in reception and, and watching, you know, eagerly awaiting my turn to be able to do that, which are then, of course, you know, as we'll find out later, plays massively into what I ended up doing for a living. So that's one thing that's really stuck with me. And another is was singing an assembly piano in the corner, slightly out of tune, and everyone just trying to get through the uh, the hymns for the day. Just a lot of the, the sort of creative stuff that we ended up doing has, has yeah, really stuck with me. Yeah, it's really fed into what I've done for the rest of my life. So would you say that you got your love of music from the school? It certainly exposed me to the opportunity to express that and to explore it there. And as I got older, that you know became more and more interested in it. So it was certainly you know a very strong starting point for me. Can you remember any other memories? I think a lot of the the academic stuff has gone in one ear and gone out the other. <laughs> but I was I was very fortunate to to be able to come back and and spend time in the school as an adult. You know, doing workshops with some of the younger people. So it was, you know, it was nice to be back in those classrooms. And of course, that all brought back a lot of memories. But, you know, I, I struggle to, to remember sort of the yeah, specifics yeah. when yeah. it comes to, to yeah. being in the classroom. Yeah. Everyone that I've, I've spoken to has said that when they walk through the door, there's something very special about that place. And, um, Absolutely. And for, for the last seven decades, young children have come in that door. And, um, you know, the good work's been done and people have left and they've gone on to greater things. What are you up to now, Adam? So at the moment, I mean, obviously, my, I'm, I'm, I'm a performer, I'm a musician, an actor, working in, mostly in theatre at the moment. But I'm, I'm back on the road again. I'm going back to, to Germany to join a group called the 12 Tenors. I was fortunate enough to spend the six months with them back in 2016-17. So it's my second time going back out on, on that show, doing a lot of gigs, singing here and there, wherever, wherever I can. 
I just want to say to all of our listeners who, who listen to this, from the, the, the other schools at Hampton Academy Trust and local schools in Peterborough, Adam has got an absolutely wonderful voice. Is there anywhere on, on YouTube that they can see you or hear you, Adam? My debut single came out in uh, May of this year. Oh, great. If anyone's on Spotify or Apple Music, just type in my name and it should come up. It's, uh, nothing Else Matters. A classical crossover cover of the, the greatly popular Metallica tune, which seems a bit of a, a contradiction, but I've had some very positive feedback from it. So You've been in stage productions as well, haven't you? I can remember that, um, that I put on, on our website about you being in The Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I've done that twice. I was lucky enough to, to do that in 2018 and then again in 2019, uh, which is, I mean... It was panto, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and again, working with a lot of young adults, young children, you know, dressed up in a costume. That, I mean, I'm six foot five, and being in that makes me look about seven foot. So it's quite nice to. You, you didn't have to wear those those springy feet that they that the guy wore in the film, did you? I did. Yeah, that wasn't the most. I mean, I trip over my feet. <laughs> As it is, and, and to them, you know, being, it must have been about size 17 boots with these great big hairy toes pointing out the top. That was quite something. Children listening to this said to me that you want to do very similar things to what Adam is doing now. Adam had a dream. He went off and he followed it. He believed in it. And he is now shining on the West End. And he's going to go from strength to strength, I'm sure. Adam, thank you for joining us on Launchpad. We wish you well in your future and we look forward to you coming back to Dogsthorpe Infant School very, very soon. Your friends are always waiting to see you. Cheers, Dave. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School wellbeing dog, bringing hugs, paw shakes and high fives. This Cavalier King Charles Spaniel helps our stars to dream, believe, shine. Now, you will all know that we have our little reading dog called Ruby who comes into school to hear our children read. And it's lovely to have Ruby in school and our children love her coming in. And we find her a little room and the children come and they read to Ruby and it's such a wonderful, wonderful little dog. Now, that little dog is trained by Therapy Dogs UK Nationwide and they do amazing work and I'm pleased and I'm honoured actually to have Mary Oliver MBE who's one of the trustees of the charity. Hello to you Mary, welcome to our show. Hello. It's, it's lovely to have you with us. Could you just explain to our listeners what you do when it comes to therapy dogs? Yes, well, I'm a trustee of Therapy Dogs Nationwide. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about that charity later, but I have also have a dog like Ruby. Jan is the volunteer that comes to you, and I volunteer and go to my local school, of which I'm chair of the governors of, and my dog is called Jamie Oliver. And Jamie <laughs> Oliver drops down to school on a Friday, um, and he hears the children read as well. We have a programme in conjunction with the Kennel Club called Pause and Read. And it's P-A-W-S, although sometimes the reluctant and confident readers do pause quite a bit. But Jamie just lies there and listens to them read. And, of course, dogs are so non-judgmental. You know, I've got eight reluctant readers and confident and reluctant. And the school do a baseline before he comes in. 
And then when we think a child is ready to come off the programme, we do another baseline, and these children have come on in leaps and bounds, both emotionally and their reading. They're just so much more confident mm. to, you know, not just the, the ones who are having difficulties, but the whole class wants it. Did you have a dog first and then and then come in contact with the well, uh, charity? I had a dog first. Uh, like originally, I had a dog 15 years ago. And I got in touch with the charity because this dog gave me so much because I was living on my own. And the dog gave me so much joy that I thought I'd like to be sent back to the community. And I found out about another charity and joined them. So we started six years ago now. Um, and we decided we would become a charity run by volunteers four volunteers and we started off with 26 members and we now have over 1,200 across the whole country. Scotland, Northern Ireland, Jersey, the whole of England and Wales. There isn't necessarily a training programme for the dogs because we would uh, ask the owners probably, you know, they train them themselves or by going to the kennel club, um, you know, um, dog training classes, etc. Yeah, yeah. But all our dogs, to become a therapy dog, have to undertake um, an assessment. Yeah. And it's a temperament assessment, and that's really important. Um, and if your dog perhaps enjoys being stroked and cuddled, you're sort of halfway there. Uh, we don't need any special training. It's just the dog must be kept on the lead at all times. And as well that um, it's got a lovely, lovely temperament. We insist that the dog um, has to be nine months old. We don't do any puppies. And it's got to be owned by the person for six months. We do nursing homes, we do hospitals, hospices, prisons, secure units, one-off for freshers week in university, one-off for exams at, at schools. My second dog, uh, because the old one was so so good, too good to be true, my second one, because he'd like to be top dog, was like a wasp on a piece of string. That's the best <laughs> way to describe him. He was just a wasp on a piece of string. And now he is calm, confident. He's been out. He did his bronze, silver and gold. Um, no problem whatsoever. And I never, ever thought that he would be a therapy dog. No, absolutely. Really, yeah. really good. In fact, the chairperson, I could, because I'm the assessor for all North Wales, I can't assess my own dog. And they kept saying to me after the first dog died, when are you going to get him assessed? I said, not yet. When are you going to get him assessed? Not yet. And I said, no, I don't think I ever will. Anyway, I said, it's a waste of time, waste of money to get him assessed. No. Anyway, he calmed down so well, I said, he's ready. Wow. <laughs> and he passed the flying colours. So when the, when a dog is ready to be assessed, does the assessor come out to where the dog lives or does the dog have to go no. to the assessor? Uh, no, we meet, uh, depending on where we are. I mean, I do 100 miles sort of radius, but we meet halfway if we can, and I usually meet in somewhere like Tesco Car Park. Right. Because it's a busy environment, or a park, where there's other people around, etc. Yeah. And um, so it's, 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 we not only uh, assess the dog, we also assess the handler as well. Not how she handles, or he or she handles the dog, but how they are. Um, you know, are they a nice temperament? Would they be good for the charity? Did they arrive late? You know, that sort of mm. thing as well. And then we take up references on people, of course. And my dog, before he went to school, he actually was the first dog in Wales and possibly the first dog in the UK to go and visit a funeral director. And he's been on television recently. The BBC came to film him. He, uh, over COVID, um, people, the undertakers could not go into the home, the person's house where the person had died. But yes, they would, you know, 
do the necessary, but then they couldn't go to arrange the funeral. So the people had to come into the funeral director's office. So we took Jamie Oliver in a few times, and there was um, a, one family who the mother had died, and the brother and sister, who were you know, in their 60s, the, father, the brother was really upset with them. And um, so we, the, the undertaker said, well, we've got Jamie Oliver in this morning. Would you like to see him? He's our therapy dog. And I said, oh, yes. So I came over Jamie into the office uh, where they were sitting, and I said, I'm terribly sorry to hear about your loss. And Jamie went straight up to this man. I still had the lead in my hand, put his head on his knee, and immediately this man just stopped crying. And for those few minutes, he was sort of taken away, setting all the grief, and mm. it was it was wonderful. Because as you as you mentioned, you know, you go into residential homes, and dogs like that can unlock all sorts of memories, can't they? Well, you go into either a nursing home or a residential home, and, and all of a sudden, they come yeah. with little candle. They all become animated. Oh, I had a dog once. He was called Prince. Oh, yeah. I had a dog. And I had a Jack Russell. Oh, I had a sausage dog. And away they go. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Even yeah. dementia patients that yeah. have got very bad short-term memory, but long-term memory is not so bad. It's incredible. You, you mentioned about your website. If there's listeners who have heard this podcast and are interested in what the what your charity offers and what you do, uh, could you yes. give the details of how people can get in touch with you? I can, yes. We are, um, email is inquiries at tdn.org.uk and our website is www.therapydogsnationwide.org. Sadly, our Christmas episode has come to an end. Eddie, the Dogsthorpe Infant School well-being dog, wishes you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back for another learning journey on the Dogsthorpe Infant School launch pad to dream, believe and shine. Last year I thought
time the snow is falling down and it is cold outside we gather around the fireplace and no one cares about yesterday This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog, part of the Hampton Academies Trust. It's the school where stars go to dream, believe and shine.